Welcome back to the Penn Bubble run by the Palos Verdes Peninsula Black Student Union. Um, my name is Banky Osibamiro and I'm the president of our BSU. And today we have a special guest with us. Hello everyone, my name is Navy Blue Sims. I'm 17 and a senior at Pioneer Valley High School in Santa Maria, California. Um, I have been in the UBSUC or the United Black Student Unions of California since my freshman year. And I've served on the leadership board for the Southern Region and State Board as Sergeant at Arms, Second Vice President and now outgoing President. So I'm really happy to be here. We're very happy to have you. Um, today I'm also joined with the board members and members of um, our BSU. The Vice President is Courtney here today. Amakwa um, is Activities Director. Lila is also Activities Director. Cassidy is um, Social Media Guru. Alexis is Podcast Manager. And we have our members joining us today. Um, so in our last podcast, we discussed what makes being a part of a BSU so important and the impact it can have on you. Um, so how has being in a BSU been important for you? Um, well, for me, I live in a like predominantly Hispanic community and there's less than 2% Black people here. So I grew up with basically no like black influence other than my family. So I didn't really know how to navigate things and your family is a good person to talk to, but you do need someone like your peers to understand so that you can have those conversations. Um, and then coming into school and I was the only black kid in all of my classes, I'd already been used to that. But I met this woman named Angie Bolden and she is the advisor for our school as well as for the uh, Southern region as a whole. And she really just like swooped me in and told me to run for leadership positions and everything. And I was shocked the first time I went to a regional conference because it was just a room full of a bunch of black kids and then like non-black kids who were supporting the experience and understood everything. And so it was really kind of a culture shock for a moment, but I felt so at home and comforted throughout these four years being in BSU. And um, I hope to continue BSU in college and just keep this with me throughout my life because it has been probably the best um, lifeline I've had throughout high school and support system. Uh, There's so many good mentors I've had and being in leadership positions gives you a lot of good experience, but really I just liked to give back and meet underclassmen and hear everyone's struggles and just work through them together. So yeah, I love Lexington Union. <laughs> Yeah, I could really relate to that. Um, I personally first joined BSU because um, I didn't really know anyone or the area we live in is predominantly um, white and Asian. And so just trying to find somewhere of community when I first went to a conference, it was really also very new, <laughs> um, very new and I was not expecting everything. But I was really happy to be there. Um, Courtney, didn't you have a question? Yeah, I had some questions for our guests. So one of my questions was, how has your role as the president of UBSUC affected your life? Um, well, I would say it's only affected me positively. There's a lot of responsibilities, but 
when you see all of the impact you have and all of the like late night meetings with all of those go towards, which is supporting the other young black students and making sure that our organization is there for them, then it really is fully worth it. Um, I never kind of had doubts about it just because as a freshman, I had seen like the, um, the upperclassmen be present and everything. And I was like, I really want to do that. Um, and then just like, knowing your place and working up towards then. So I've been really proud of myself for being president, but um, it's really about knowing who you're serving and who you're, uh, you know, you're working for. So now to pass it on to another president, I'm really happy to see that our organization has just been growing in the past four years and that we're going towards great things. So. That's really great to hear. I have another question. Can you explain your responsibilities and obligations of your role? Yeah, um, so as Southern Region and State President, this year is obviously a little different and it's kind of like a weird year for me to end up <laughs> being president because everything <laughs> has changed. Um, but usually you would oversee all of the meetings and events like our regional conference and our state convention and you work alongside the other executive board members to plan everything. Um, I'm usually main contact for like new PSUs that want to join and they don't really know where to go. If a student is kind of lost, then they come contact me and then I can like help them find an advisor and things like that. Um, but it's really kind of delegating tasks and making sure that everybody else is organized and then you just like watch it happen and you're there to help. But um, it's really a youth-led organization, so you never want to have one central leader. So there's a, a lot of hands-on in this organization. Uh, yes, I had a question. Uh, what was your overall experience like in UBUSC? Um, well, it's been amazing. I'm kind of sad to be a senior and graduating out of it because, um, like, as I said, I'm in a kind of really small town, and I had one mentor kind of figure, which is Miss Angie Bolden. But then going into the UBSUC, like, advisors and adults from different like parts of the state. Like there's a, a man in LA named Mr. Turner and I love him, he's great. And it's just seeing different people that didn't really know you and don't have like an obligation to support you just still wanna be there and see you succeed. And it's really great. And all of the friends that I've had and meeting new people throughout the organization. So um, nothing but good memories, I love it. That's amazing. And I just had one more question. Like, I know that you said that you have like a mentor now, but as a child, did you have like a certain role model or um, role model that kind of because I know that you came from a predominantly Hispanic uh, background and all that in your area. Did you have any like role models that you looked up to or did you have to more become that role model? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so growing up, I really didn't come fully come into my blackness until I was about 13. I had like mostly non-black friends other than like my cousin and people would always tell me that I was whitewashed and things like that, which is offensive, but um, it wasn't really something that I shaped my personality around. And so I didn't fully understand myself until around 13, which uh, these years might not be lining up, but anyways, 2014, um, the Ferguson uh, protests and seeing that on TV and seeing like police brutality and everything really opened my eyes. And so from there is when I started looking for those role models and mentors. And I found like solace in Langston Hughes poems. So my mom got me a, a book of him and he's a, he's a poet from the 1920s and he made like amazing poetry about the black experience. And so I studied up on that and then people like Malcolm X was a really good role model for me. Um, so I was really studying things like that to find my place until I was able to find real life mentors when I went to high school. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I also had a question. This kind of builds off um, Courtney's question. 
But do you think um, your position now or the positions, leadership positions you've had, like, do you think they've in influenced or impacted, like, your current, like, world, like, view or perspective based? Because I know you said that you um, personally didn't grow up with, like, those, like, Black Romos at first. Yeah, of course. Um, I would say that it really opened my eyes and made me see how privileged I am once, um, like, obviously I have all of the struggles and everything has been very difficult. Once I came into a leadership position and I went to all of the BSU events and had to organize things and heard from other students' perspectives and heard about, like, um, I faced racism and discrimination in school from, like, AP classes and things like that, but to hear students my age and even younger that have faced police brutality firsthand, it's really, um, it puts things in per into perspective. And so it's changed a lot of things for me just to fully know that I'm not alone in those experiences and that other people do have it harder than me, um, but that we all have to be in it together and support each other. And especially another thing I wanted to touch on throughout this interview was that um, in my mostly non-Black school, our BSU has a lot of non-Black members. And I think it's kind of a great thing to have those non-Black members there also to support you. Um, throughout the BSU conferences, you'll see like straggling non-Black people and it's always, they're welcomed with open arms because it's really important to have those allies as well. Um, you know, there's strength in numbers. And once you see that people who, again, aren't like obligated to support you, they don't have the same exact issues, but they still want to be there anyways, it's very, very uh, powerful. So that's another thing that I really saw once I joined BSU and I was like, wait, there's a lot of non-Black kids here. And then I really heard from them and saw that they have a lot of similar issues as well and that they uh, empathize with us and want to see succeed as well so that was really important i can really um appreciate and i really agree with that because our school is um pretty um diverse i guess um i mean <laughs> there are the majority are asians and um um caucasian population and we're like kind of two percent black population and it's really important i feel for students to get involved and not to feel pressured that it's an all-black organization just because of the name but having allies and people to rely on is something that i think is really important and for us to all come together um, for the betterment of our futures oh it was really nice to have you does anyone else have questions they wanted to ask, maybe? Yeah. Um, my name is Deborah Mo, by the way. Um, you just mentioned how you're going to graduate um, and you feel kind of sad that you're going to leave this, um, this community. But, like, if you had a chance to stay longer, what would be your further plan for this, like, through this? What would you want to do? First, yeah. Um, so... It is a little strange that this year ended up like this because it kind of felt like we were all on an incline and then everything fell apart and we just had to build back up. But I'm really proud that this year, our state uh, leadership board, which is made up of students, we started to push for ethnic studies as like a mandatory class across California. And so there's a lot of inequities between different school districts on who's gonna uh, mandate it and who doesn't, who doesn't think it's important, who has it as an elective and everything. Um, but us as students, like a group of eight students in March, we all wrote emails to our superintendents and then we gathered our, um, our BSUs and our advisors to push for ethnic studies. And it was successful in my school district. Um, but that's another thing that I'd love to build upon because seeing like how it was able to happen here where we do have uh, the majority are people of color it's non-black, but again, ethnic studies kind of covers everyone. 
but then in schools in central California where a lot of the girls were from had a mostly white population and they didn't see ethnic and gender studies as an important elective or uh, graduation requirement. So that's another thing that we'd like to push towards um, as well as seeing that everything has gone digital and this is probably how it's gonna be in the future. Um, I'd still like to do this outside of the UBSUC, but what we wanna push for is more equity in like Wi-Fi access and access to the um, distance learning because there's a lot of, um, you know, less fortunate students who are struggling with this and have to go to public like Walmart and use their parking lot and their Wi-Fi to get to school and how the um, grading and all of that isn't really taking that into account. So that's something that we'd like to build off of. Thank you for asking that question, by the way. Hi, my name is Makwa and um, I kind of have two questions. One would, I guess, be since you're a senior and all, do you have like any future plans like in regards to BSU or maybe things outside of that, like in your like personal endeavors, like what do you kind of plan to take BSU going into college? Mm -hmm. Thank you. So yeah, this is, again, I keep talking about this year and how plans change, but throughout freshman year, you kind of get into that mindset where it's like you're joining clubs and things so that it looks good for college. I know a lot of people fell into that. And then, so around my freshman year, when I got into leadership positions, I was really kind of selfish in that way, where I was like, I'm doing this so that it looks good and I can go to college. But then I struggled with grades and I struggled with like family problems my sophomore year. And I realized that the clubs were my backbone and it wasn't really for college applications, it was as a support system. And then I realized that, you know, the work that you do and impact you make and like the friendships and relationships are way more important than things like that. So once I started just putting my passion into it is when like things started to line up and I still want to go to college. This year, again, things are looking weird, but I was looking towards HBCU because again, how important BSU was to me and how at home I felt. I thought that I would really prosper at a all black, like mostly black, I mean, institution. So uh, I was looking at Howard as a possibility. Again, out of state is kind of weird now, um, but really I think that like leadership work and activism continues no matter like high school. It makes it a little easier because you do have clubs on campus, but if there's a will, there's a way. And so of course I'd like to continue after I graduate. Um, I like to do work within the NAACP, our local chapter. So that's not a thing that's really tied to school, but like going to those meetings and then um, when we had marches aren't really gonna happen anymore, but the women's march and everything, um, I would be there speaking and things like that. So there's a lot of connections to different organizations. So I won't feel like I don't have anything to do now, but it's really important to make those connections as well so that you have different outlets um, once you graduate. So you don't have the club anymore, things like that. Thank you for asking that question. All right, then my second question would be, for people who are maybe like not sure whether they want to join BSU, whether it's for them, what would you say like why should people join BSU? Why should people be a part of BSU? That's a really good question. There's a lot. Um, let me try. Okay, so I would say to not feel shy about joining BSU, like Banky said about it being like an exclusive club because I would say it's one of the most welcoming clubs on campus because it is a lot of um, people that have been hurt and a lot of people who have gone through discrimination and struggles like that. It's a really understanding environment. Um, and not just because I am black and I relate that I haven't felt discriminated in this club, but also for the LGBT community has felt really welcomed in RBSU as well. Um, 
And it's just a, it's a good space for you to learn from different people if you're non-Black. And if, even if you are Black and you haven't had those experiences yet, it's a really great environment to learn. Um, I would also say if you feel shy not to join the BSU because it may not be very organized and things like that, my freshman year, there hardly was a BSU at my school. And so I would say that if you're thinking about that, but you're not sure because there's not really an advisor and things like that, that you can be the person to change it. You can be the person to lead and start up your BSU. Um, and it's really important because, you know, who's not gonna, who's gonna do it if you don't, things like that. So just, I would say, um, just go for it. You, you'll love it. Um, and it's a really important and impactful club to be a part of. Thank you. <laughs> um, I just have one question as well. Uh, my name is Casey Menninger, by the way. Um, so, as a non-Black person, um, I'm sympathetic to the cause, but I don't have a whole lot of firsthand experience dealing with a lot of the struggles that people of color do. So what's the best thing that I can do to help, in your opinion? Thank you. Um, I would say, like, I completely understand with your feelings towards that. Um, you'll never have, like, firsthand experience, just like I won't for a bunch of other different issues. So it's really important to understand that, that you aren't gonna ever fully get the experience and also not to have a savior mentality, which is something that is really damaging, which is to think that you're like an almighty savior of everybody who's struggling. It's more important just to stand beside us. Um, and again, we're really, we value your presence here as if you take the stand to, you know, support us in these times it's really important and we value you but another thing to keep in mind is that black people are not a monolith so you just want to make sure you know that all black people think in different ways all people of color have different experiences and there isn't one single um, experience but i would say that books are a really good place to start um, a lot of what i know about different topics that i don't have first experience comes from literature and just always being ready to listen. Open ear for anyone when they're struggling is really important. And just, I, I think when you listen and when you fully understand what they're going through and you're, you're there as an ear and not really jumping to like fix the problem, but you're just understanding it with them and then holding their hand, helping them through it, that's what we really need. So yeah, sorry, I wasn't really prepared to answer that question, but thank you, that's really important. Yeah, I had a question. Um, so my sis and I are part of the GSA and we definitely know what it's like to have, um, allies around us, you know, and we know that the, um, I guess the first step in having an ally in our community is to educate, right? And so I know that you kind of answered this question a little bit before, but I'm wondering, like, what is the best way to get educated on these types of issues? You know, what kind of resources are we supposed to be looking at? That's a great question. Um, again, I would say books. I think you, everyone learns in different ways. Um, watching the news is a really good uh, kind of, what's the word, resource for that. But um, like there's a news station called Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera, uh, A-L-J-A-Z-E-E-R-A. And um, it's from the Middle East, I believe is where they stream it out of, but it's a really good, like well-rounded, kind of news um, station where they cover like world events and it's not really just like America centered and it's not really taking one side, it's really bipartisan. So I think that's an amazing news resource if you wanna learn without like extreme kind of left and right. I'd also say um, for books, a really, really good one is, um, what is it? 
dang okay i have it in my room i don't want to get up right now but it's a book by ibram x kendi so if you he has amazing books too so um i b r a m x k e n d i and he has books like there's one that's really um popular right now which is like a guide to anti-racism for teens and so that one went actually i think new york times bestseller and it's amazing the one i have is like i think it's a complete history of racism in america i think or racist ideals and it's really good because it'll just give you the history of it it won't have many personal like experiences so you need to get that from elsewhere but it'll just say like the facts and things that happened so that you understand because a lot of the things we see today and normal things we kind of look past have racist histories so that's a really important thing to go from um, and I would say that firsthand experiences are really important too. So listening to your black friends when they talk, listening to your Hispanic friends, listening to people who have a different experience from you is really important because you'll never get that firsthand experience like elsewhere than the people that are around you. Um, so yeah, that's what I'd say. Educate yourself and then educate the people around you and you're on to a good start. Thank you. Sorry, I just had another question. My name's Amanda, by the way. Um, what was maybe your favorite memory or takeaway just from your whole um, high school, like BSU experience? Oh, okay. Um, it's weird because I'm going to deal with this like in March when I actually say goodbye to everyone. So I haven't really thought of those things yet. But um, on the state level, we have a state conference. I'm not sure if Banky's into it. But um, okay, so it's amazing. Everyone who's like around hopefully next year if things are normal maybe um state convention is the best experience ever um all of the bsus across california meet at a hotel for three days and it is a leadership convention so we have like college tours and then we um, we have like open mic and there's a lot of good poetry and like students coming up and having spoken word and things like that singing and you're not really allowed to leave the hotel or anything but we we're like mr Harmon, can you take us to buffalo wild wings and then he just drove me and Cora around and we went to get Buffalo Wild Wings and then brought it back to the hotel and was like, shh, don't tell anybody. And it was it was really fun to see him like bond with us in like an outside of the classroom setting. He's an econ teacher, so it was really fun. This podcast, um, The Pen Bubble, is brought to you by the PBHS VSU and it's a student-led organization. Today we have the opportunity to speak with Navy Sims. And we hope to see you next time. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really love this.